Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. You're joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. The man with the moustache. Hello. Uh, our lord and master who's left us and abandoned us, Andrew Seth Frank. So what are you talking about? And my darling wife, who's got a new patio. Decking, actually. Bonjour. Is it decking? Okay. Fair enough. I'm sorry. And I'm Brian Till I Fly. Hello and welcome. Uh, so this is a kind of hangout uh, chat. There was foreseeable uh, errors with the time zones as such. So we kind of didn't get any guess. Let's not call them foreseeable errors. Surely there were unforeseen errors. Because if we <laughs> saw them, then we should have fixed it before we tried going yes. live. The audience right. wants to know what you've done with your hair tonight, Jack. Nothing. It's just the headphones have pushed it back. No, no, I've got I've got a headband on. There you go. Oh my word! Don't worry. Is that better? Leech the beast. <laughs> that better. I don't know if you can say better. But... Oh, thanks. Yeah, Tony. Hair. Yeah. Remember that? What <laughs> <laughs> since I was twenty-one, mate? Oh. Uh, I don't, I don't blame you. Well, my hair grows up, and I don't So like you it. say, you should do it, man. You should do it once. You should grow it just so that we can experience it. I can just it. send you pictures. Tony can be like a, a new Bob Ross type Tony. That yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't want I've any of the pictures that you send, Tony. Yeah. We know what you get up to on a Friday night. Licking roofs. <laughs> Puddles. Puddles. Who needs one of them straws? Life straws. Life straws are no need for that. Anyway, on uh, with the show, what there is of it. Right, so <laughs> Frank's here. Frank's our guest tonight. Yeah, I've, I've been off for quite Frank's a while back. due to real life getting in the way, you know, needing to make sure I have a roof over my head and bills are paid and all those kinds of things. And that's probably going to continue for the rest of the year, in all honesty, which is kind of why I wanted to come on, because... Oh, so I'm... this is just a flash in the pan, then? Well, no, no, no. Um, let, let, let me carry on. Because I realise this is going to be the first year in eight years that I'm probably not going to be organising some kind of FPV meetup. Ooh. Oh, so... you find it. You, find, you will find a way. <laughs> Probably, like, yeah, I'm not putting money on it. Not happening. Did you but, did you, did you punch the DHL 
man in the throat. <laughs> DPD, but no. Um, oh, damn it. But yeah, so because this is like, I've realised, you know, I've put on over the years a fair few FPV meetups and Which made and learnt, you know, made enough mistakes and learnt from them. But like, I don't want to forget all of them. So I was going to write them all down. And then I just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a perpetual lurker in a load of different groups and just kind of realised that there's probably quite a few other people that might benefit from these notes that I'm putting together. You know, there's there's a load of FPV scale guys who organize kind of little meetups and sort of try to organize bigger meetups. There's the, you know, various kind of freestyle meetups and things. There's clubs that are, run, you know, uh, like line of sight, socks and sandals type clubs that are always short of members and, you know, their membership is always getting older and they're always sort of interested to work out how to get vaguely younger people under the age of 65 into the hobby. So there's kind of, I mean, there's as well as like uh, the race organizers were saying like, ah, it's a bit thin on the ground this year. Um, I know, yeah. even I got called up this year. I was yeah. like, no, I haven't done it for three years and my quads are all knackered and old. No way I can compete. There so. you go. And, you know, I just think, like, especially the past couple of years has really shown me how much, like, the meetups and seeing people and, the, like, the community side of things has kind of kept me in the hobby. Like, without it, I would have, uh, you know, without events like Summers Ponds and the FPV League events and the London Aerospace events and Western Park and all this, I would have given up FPV after like a summer. Mm. So I want to make sure it's kind of easier for people to uh, hold FPV events, especially seeing as like if you look at the racing, like back up eight years ago races were like really quite messy and difficult and like a headache for organizers and now with a core of racers that understand the format and they're going between different event organizers that are all holding the same format so everyone knows what they're doing like they can put in a lot of flight time with very little headache i mean obviously the event organizers still have to put in a lot of effort, but they're putting in their effort into other things. They're not putting their effort into making sure that people are flying or not flying or not plugging things in or whatever or on the right channel or any of that because people understand that. They're putting their effort into, you know, live streaming or, you know, just absolutely making sure that there's there's more rounds in a day. Um, and I think that is because years ago... There was the 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 rotor racing format. You know, they properly wrote up a, a proper format for their races, and then between them and a bunch of other race organisers, they got together as the BFPVRA and kind of conglomerated into one format. But then everyone has kind of run with from there. So, like I was saying, is you know, with all the organisers are running the same format and all the races are kind of learning the same format, then it just is so much easier for everyone. So I've put together, or I've started to put together 
a document that is a format for a one-day event for people to go and fly FPV, not around a racetrack, not competitively, but just turn up and fly in a field or around a bando or whatever. Um, I've tried to make it really generic. I've tried to get it kind of keeping in line with the sort of terminology that racers and race organizers use. So then if, you know, racers come along to these events, they are still in the same habits and it all meshes up with them and vice versa. Like if someone comes to one of these events and goes to a race later on, they understand what's going on. Try to do the same thing with like the uh, BMFA clubs and use their sort of terminology. And I'm trying to kind of link everything together and make sure everyone's speaking the same language and doing the same things. And that's what I'm trying to do. I've been sharing it around some other people that I know have been looking to organize meetups. If anyone in the chat or anyone listening or anything like that is interested, find me somehow. Uh, now, maybe I'll drop a link somewhere. I don't know. But don't worry. He do they shine a symbol into the night you. sky or shout or what's it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you... Drop an email to letstronat at gmail.com. Okay. I can send you a link that way. That's easier. Um, but yeah, th- th- I'm thinking more for people that either uh, have a, like, if you meet up with a few mates at a regular spot, but you want to have more people turning up, or if you've got, you know, if you're part of a, like, a line of sight, old school club field type place, and you want to, find a way to introduce FPV because you have to go somewhere else so they don't shout at you. Um, Then, you know, this is what I'm aiming that for. Um, Or, you know, if you're trying to organize a bigger event, because as well, more than anything, I want to make sure that there's somewhere for people to complain when it turns out that things change. So that when I come back to it in a year or two's time, I know what's going on. Because already, like with DJI stuff, I was completely out the loop about kind of how to integrate DJI with everything else as we kind of learned at LDO No last year. Like, luckily, yeah, turns out it's really hard. And that's why all the race organizers just said no. Just DJI, too hard to organize with everything else. We don't accept it. Go away. Um, which is fine for racers, I guess. I mean, there's, there's a league handbook that they, they all have to follow the rules, but. I kind of want to. Yeah, you're talking about some differences it. between racing and just sort of fly days or whatever. Yeah, you know, or... just just a casual, friendly environment that isn't competitive, and that's that's what what I want to encourage. Because um, in the past, it was mainly someone plugs in and says plugging in, and then another person screams, and yeah. that was the system. But now there's a better system. Hopefully, you've documented it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You take a little card. And you note down your channel, and then <laughs> someone plugs in and you scream. Yeah, there's. Well, that's the thing. I think if if like if everyone's using the same method, then if you have a critical mass, I think that's what the the racers have shown. If you have a critical mass of people that know what they're doing, they can kind of enforce it and make sure everyone else knows what to do, and you can just kind of all follow each other and pick it up as you go along, and it all works out okay when new people turn up. But when we've got, you know, 20 people, yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's how we solve FPV casual meetups is through herd immunity. Um, yeah. Yeah, when when we got like twenty people turning up to a field who are very used to flying FPV on their own or in two, we you know with one other person, like because that's the thing. Like when you're flying on your own, as long as you and you know your goggles and your quad are on the same channel, everything's fine. Like just bump up the power, like get as as close as you like to where you're flying. Everything's good. If you have two people flying, you just need to make sure you're on different channels and Tony's on one and I'm on five yeah and then everything's everything's fine when you get to three then it starts getting a bit more complicated but you're probably just going to lock out and pick channels that work and then the more you add the more people that there are it gets far more complicated very quickly yeah Um, and then you start looking on um, the movie uh, network, the IMDB, to understand mm. who goes on what. <laughs> so it's we spent a lot heritage. of time allocating channels at LDO No, and I think we ended up with like two people in the air at once most of the time. Yeah, FPV. exactly. It, it would seem quite good to slightly go back to the old days when there was a bit of a mix of people flying on 5.8 and 2.4 and even like 1.2. Yeah. And that way you could get like six or seven in the air without thinking about it too much. But that that has dropped way off. There was a, a little resurgence of 2.4 stuff for a while, and then it's gone away again. So everybody is on I wonder what OpenHD is going to do about that, because it mm. shouldn't allow a whole bunch of people to sort of get out of each other's way without worrying about frequency. Or run it should theory. do. The, the frequency I'm on is, is so far out of your normal 5.8 spectrum that it's pointless me using... A five eight antenna because like fifty three twenty is like some way away from that. Oh, I thought it just hops around, doesn't it? Doesn't it frequency hop? Nope. Basically, you can either oh. choose an auto channel, in which case it will come up with one, or you choose one specifically for you. Oh, I thought that it, I thought if you do auto channel on Wi Fi, then it'll actually move the band around. But I guess you don't want that. Necessarily. No, it just it says, oh, we're going to choose this band, and it agrees between client and server, and they go with that. Okay. Mm, that would be nice like auto negotiation of channels that that is the holy grail of fpv events if nothing else you can set it on normal wi-fi and it, it's not foolproof but i've got a whole load of wi-fi access points around the house that i configured myself and so i look at what the neighbor is using and they sort of get out of the way mostly it's it's not perfect <laughs> but it kind of works <clears throat> we're not there yet no. A little while to go. I mean, because because that's the other thing is like, like I was saying when you get to three and four and more pilots flying, you have to worry about intermodulation distortion, which you might not even come across if you're just flying on your own or with just a buddy. Um, and then you end up, you know, if you've got if you're using like <clears throat> like the IMD six IMDC six IMD six C channels, then you end up all kind of collectively raising the noise floor so much that it's actually better to be further away from where you're all flying because you you're kind of reducing the noise floor more than you're reducing your own video source your own vtx so it's you know there's things like that we learned this from alex didn't we in the states um 
video aerial systems. If you're sitting, if you have, if if you no, we learned it from Greg. I definitely learned it from Greg when Greg I learned it spent, from Greg. spent the oh, day God. with I've his RF Explorer and we anything. we were doing a you know radio proper radio surveys around uh, Popham uh, for the mini air show because we'd had a mini air show where it didn't go very well. well. I mean, it went fine, but there were lots of very unhappy people because there wasn't wasn't great video. Um, because of things that we hadn't learnt yet. And then I learnt things, and now I'm writing them down so that hopefully other people don't make same mistakes. Um, but, yeah, so... What I was trying to say is don't sit... If you've got a football pitch, don't sit in the middle broadcasting that way. You want to sit at the end broadcasting a long way. You'll get better reception. I, sort of. I mean, the, the important thing is to be, like, have... 30 meters in front of you where no one else is going to be flying. Mm. Like if someone else is going to be flying within 30 meters of you while you're hundred meters away, mm. you're, you know, exactly. even that all sit down the goalpost ends flying that way. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. So this is the curious thing about FPV meetups where everybody meets and says, hello, nice to see you. It's so nice to meet you in person. And then they go and go far apart. So yeah. no one screws up anybody else's <laughs> signal. Yeah, so, that does happen. Yeah, because yeah. with the DJI goggles, you're transmitting as well as receiving. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, then that's that's like the new lessons that are being learned. And yeah, maybe we can kind of learn some things and feed them back into like race events and things. Yeah, well. and Mads Tech put out some uh, notes saying with DJI, when you power it on, it bumps to a higher power level temporarily and then settles down. So the power on burst is even worse than with analog. Because yeah. yeah. It'll bump to like over a watt and then drop down. It's insane. And there's this whole public channel thing where like DJI turns on to public channel. And if you're flying on your own, you might just stay on public channel and never bother about it. But if you're at an event and you're flying on public channel and then someone else powers on on public channel, all of a sudden you've, you know, you've completely lost connection and it can't be made again. So you don't want a DJI flying on, public channel but i think public channel has worse signal than the other channels if i remember correctly there's well yeah yeah so you don't want a dji flying on public channel but if you want a dji to turn up and be able to get to any of the other channels or switch channel or whatever basically then don't go near public channel on your analog gear just yeah it's there public channel it needs to be available for dji but it can't be used by DJI. So that's in a whole other lump of this tiny bit of spectrum that we're actually allowed to use that we then can't use. And so what, what Russian is, roulette. What is public channel on DJI? Does it come if, up with if a little two goggles or is it both one? set to channel one, right? Okay. And they both power on, then one of them gets bumped to public channel. It's like the fallback channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So public channel. How many how many channels do you have with DJI? They're the, eight, they're the same eight channels, three. but they're just called oh, different I ain't using it yet. If you run 50 megabit, it uses two channels at once, so you only get four. Yeah, so 50 megabit, immediately rule that out. That's not going to be flying at an event with other people because that's that's just... Except if you all leave your gear set to 50 megabit and forget about it. Because if, no every, if you've it got an event of just DJI people, then you don't even need to think about any of this. But how many groups of people are there that exclusively only fly DJI and have no one there that even has 
one other module finding anything else. Like that's that's the problem is you you end up with like a whole other thing of like these group of people will only accept DJI and this group of people will not accept any DJI and then we've just fight. Yeah. Oh. What, so, what this hobby fight, needs. Fight, fight. What this hobby kiss, needs kiss, is more kiss. cliques and arguments. Yeah. More <laughs> drama. That's what we need. Uh, but yeah. So DJI Public is channel is race six effectively. Also Fat Shot six conveniently. Um, although it's DJI eight, but yeah, it wouldn't be simple. Um, so there's a lovely little eye chart somewhere that does all of this, which I think anyone organising an event should just yes, have printed. I have out I have links to that in the document. It's the rotor hazard frequency reference, and I didn't understand some of the reasoning behind some of the recommendations that are on that form. And I asked some race organisers, and they just told me like that's the way we do it. Go away. Stop asking me questions. Um, so the way that I found, and this is this is a thing that I've used elsewhere as well. If someone isn't giving you information, what you do is you make a terrible suggestion and they'll tell you why you're wrong. Um, people are much more, or a certain group of people are more inclined to tell you why you're wrong than to tell you why they're right. <clears throat> um, exactly right. Make your <laughs> YouTube channel wrong. <laughs> Write something wrong in the description. You'll always get told you're you get Tony believes the earth is flat <laughs> and the universe is uh, round. And yeah. it generally Which is actually is... the opposite way around. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the the like that's how we topped the the podcast. <laughs> That was the, the most popular LDO episode. Was <laughs> in like, full hat, the earth is flat. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, it like you would literally get people coming up to you trying to fight you. No. <laughs> <laughs> like drunk people, like you're that dickhead from that podcast radio thing. You're wrong, and and you'd walk away, and this would be talking to a traffic guy. Yeah, so this is this is another reason for making a document saying like this is how you put on an FPV event, because then loads of people can tell me that I'm wrong and that there's better ways of doing everything, and that's that's good, that's that's useful information for me. Eventually, when I have time and money and somewhere to live, but you know, these these things will happen. I've got an attic you could live in. <laughs> Well, hopefully it won't come to that, but we'll see. I got, I got dibs on the attic. <laughs> so no, that's the uh, frequency chart that Frank was talking about. Zoom. Yeah. Uh, and that shows kind of how DJI maps to everything else. It even shows a bit of Wi-Fi there as well. It's all yeah, it's, 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 it's a very good chart. But I, yeah. the, my question was about this R1367 which is a, a standard across uh, a load of race organizers um, for four pilots. And I just didn't understand why, like of all the four channels to pick, why you would pick those. Um, which channels are these? One, so if you see at the bottom, there's uh, the suggestions. So there's IMD6C and above that IMD5C and above that R1367. And it's why R1367? Like you can get uh, R1268 and that would be 
as good, like IMD wise. Um, and it would mean that you could do some other things. Or similarly, you could do R13, R1, and you'd be able to handle with DJI fine and not make them, you know, if you gave 7 and 8 on to DJI. And that's, that's what Oscar Lang recommends for combining analog and digital is, uh, you know, you keep your analog down the bottom, you keep your digital up the top, and you just keep those four channels and it all works out. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, why, why one, three, six, seven? Because it looks like there's a gap in the middle. Well, that's yeah, that's for the IMD. That's for the intermodulation distortion. So you're making sure that there's not the not equal spacing between any three channels. So you know the gap between two channels and the gap between another two channels cannot be the same, or you will have a bad day. Um, so if you have Someone in R1 and R, someone in R3 and someone in R5, you will have a bad day. Uh, so when we always used to have like, oh, well, let's do odds today and let's do evens today on Fat Shark, that was <coughs> that was not a good idea and that was why we always had a bad time because um, we didn't know about this. Someone did, wow. we didn't. Someone figured it out by a process of crashing <laughs> many, many things. Yeah, we basically just kind of accidentally ended up probably just picking like one three and seven and then it would be fine and we'd just stick with those ones and we didn't really understand why um but yeah it's it's all just witchcraft and wizardry it's there's the uh dgi pilots no friends recommendation on the right here as well <laughs> dgi yeah. goggles meters 10 feet away from other pilots no friends yeah yeah because, like you said, the DJI Googles transmit on that same frequency that you've picked because that's how it's doing its telemetry and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah. you basically have to consider the DJI Googles as a slightly terrible VTX. But, yeah. All these, all these kinds of things that, you know, you don't know until you try and then people have a bad day and you have to work out what's going on. Um, and try and guess or read around. So I'm trying to kind of collect that into one place because I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of places where all this stuff has been collected up for racing, but racing has the kind of benefit of there being someone who is in charge, and that someone is telling people everyone is landed, everyone change your channels now, everyone power on now on the ground everyone take off now and we wait until everyone is finished and then everyone powers off again and the next group come around don't the socks and, the and sandals brigade have something like that with like a high-vis vest wandering around <laughs> uh i do believe andy simmons uh the bmfa does have uh, a high-vis jacket that says the fun police on it um that might be what you're thinking about um mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, so there's kind of this kind of this thing that slightly makes racing a bit easier, which is why, you know, when we did the mini airshow events and you need a certain number of people there to make it make sense, because if you're going to have the public there and it be a public event, you got to get insurance and you got to get toilets and you got to do all this other stuff that costs money. So you got to have a certain number of people paying a certain amount of money. And the only way to get that number of people paying that amount of money 
for FPV is to have a race. Um, and so we had to do racing because that was the only way of making it make sense. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's because having that structure and having that, you know, defined times makes it a lot easier than just a casual meetup where, like you say, someone can be powering on while someone else is like halfway through a flight. Um, so there's, you've just, there's other considerations there. And also, you know, you know, if you, if you're flying for 12 hours, uh, then, you know, if you've got people up in the F12 hours, you don't really want to have to have the guy who's sitting there not getting paid for anything. Cause it's just a casual meetup to have to shout at people and tell them what to do all day. Mm. Um, also, that's like something you should automate. Yeah. Also, um, like worryingly, I looked at the Euro band, so we can only fly race band channels three, four, five. Oh, we're not in Europe anymore, things. mate. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't shout about this too loudly uh because but you know race events uh they don't quote anything in megahertz they quote everything in race bands and that might be for a reason um and you know that all the bdra and bmfa are quite happy to publish things that say race band one on them but they're probably not going to publish things that say turn your VTXs to 5,658 megahertz. And, you know, there, there might be some reasons for that kind of thing. Not uh, How is it that they're tuning in to frequencies that can't be used and that we don't see hospitals bursting into flames and planes crashing from the sky? <laughs> Could it be that really these channels are fine to use and everyone should just forget about it? Or could FPV it be prime. that 25 milliwatts in a field in the middle of nowhere uh doesn't affect anyone whereas it goes away for a couple of days and instantly we have to edit the podcast Frank's now because he does a swear <laughs> outrage <laughs> outrage we didn't, we didn't even have this problem with tony talking about his deck honestly oh no <laughs> i said deck no. have you been out there scrubbing it in front of the neighbors as as has Fruity Bird said anything about your... Yeah, she might be tuning in. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'd love to give that deck a good old clean in your life. Right Am on. I right in thinking, Tony, that you have a plastic deck going going very modern? It's, and, uh, it is composite. Not wood. Yeah, yeah that's what I've composite. got. Composite. Is that, is that the euphemism? Yeah. <laughs> Space age. You get a composite door now, not a plastic door. What, what's the other part that isn't plastic then? Have you have you seen um, police trying to break into a composite door? They've <laughs> got trouble. It just bounces. <laughs> yeah. So is that where you're hiding your drugs under your deck, and they'll never get I mean, in there? I was going to say, I, re- I remember you posting on Instagram about all the police outside your house. So, like, is this from experience? Oh, this is where the dead prostitutes are buried, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. Well, me, and my, deck, when me and my bro were actually doing a decking when we when we were doing the foundation. I was like, let's go, let's go to the joke shop and get a um a rubber skull and just like you know, Skeleton, yeah, let's, oh, let's so put it good. under here. So like, when the next person, when this is all ruined and 
up. We they rip it all up and see a dead body. Themselves. Nice. That'd be so funny. You should have done that. I know. That'd be I know. That's it. But, no. but I need I need to print a shirt that says I did Gatwick for you. Shut up! I didn't <laughs> like, know. I'm I know. I know. For this. No, you, you didn't won't. do it. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Gary, this is a good question for you. I don't know if you've seen this. What's that? Um, hang on. Uh, Captain, uh, is there any good source of B.L. Heli history? Uh, there was There is B.L. Heli 32 now, but there was S and M and still on tiny boards. Can I switch I, I, between M and S? I know this one if you Captain want. Sni- oh, yeah, yeah you on. take it because I, I didn't investigate the history of um, firmware very much on ESCs when so, I was doing the history of FPV. I'm not sure about pre-S, but Beale Heli S basically introduced D-Shot, right? This introduced D-Shot and enabled us to get away from PWM, which was inaccurate and kind of a pain to use with multi-rotors. It wasn't really fast enough to do the motor updates. So Beale Heli S introduced D-Shot and allowed for, for tighter ESC but but don't forget, before D shot, there was one shot which was some way on from PWM as well. Where did that come in? That's where you speak. That's all before I started this. Ah, so uh, he doesn't. I've, he doesn't I've only know the ever used But carry on. I've, yeah, I've only ever bothered to use D shot. I know there's one shot and pro shot and multi shot. Young whippersnappers don't know what they're talking yeah. about. So <laughs> when I was a lad, everyone was everyone was complaining um, that BL Heli S didn't wasn't developed and the problem was that no one was really paying the devs Beal Heli S was completely open source and at the time the devs were struggling to keep the project going so they created Beal Heli 32 and instead of it being open source that was a license model so going from an 8-bit MCU an 8-bit CPU if you will on Beal Heli S they moved to a 32-bit one hence Beal Heli 32 and and in the rewrite of this code base they decided they're going to license it. So if a vendor wants to, say iFlight wants to add an ESC to BL Heli 32, they've got to actually pay the developers. And so the developers can actually spend time testing the ESC, making sure it works and not just throwing out stuff that might catch fire. And that's all very well and good, except then BL Heli 32 sort of slowed down and the GUI was kind of a pain. And then people started uh, talking about how to do RPM filtering and bidirectional D-Shot, which Beale Heli 32 had, but all these cheaper quads that were using Beale Heli SESCs and were flying just fine couldn't do this. So uh, one developer, Jazz Maverick, took Beale Heli S and ported the um, the RPM monitoring, the bidirectional D-Shot. And bidirectional D-Shot means data goes in both directions. It's not the same as bi-directional motors where your motors can spin in both directions. Very different. So a developer called Jazz Maverick did this and created Beale Heli S. At the same time, Joe Lucid on Betaflight um, was working to put in the RPM filtering. And so it got quite popular because 
Beale Heliem appeared about the same time as RPM filtering, and it was free and everyone could use it. Joe also produced his own firmware called JESC, which was a, a paid-for firmware. It was a dollar an ESC, I think, and that allowed you to do bidirectional D-shot and RPM filtering. But Jazz Maverick, when he created this, he carried on from the Beale Heli S revisions. He kept the same numbering as Beale Heli S, and so it's viewed kind of as a continuation, except the changes weren't properly documented. There's no proper change log. And he did some really crazy things, like in one update, the developer randomly decided that he was going to make throttle response non-linear in the ESC and completely confused people. He was he was thinking it was going to be all helpful and everyone would be really grateful for him and everyone hated it and it was very confusing. <laughs> and because there's no good change log of BL Heli M, um, it's basically advised to not use that anymore because it's got crazy things in there, like some versions where it didn't work reliably, others that had this weird non-linear throttle response and it hasn't been maintained for the longest of times. The recommendation now is to go use BlueJay. Um, if you've got one of these Beale Heli S ESCs, you can go to esc-configurator.com, um, and that's an online utility that lets you flash any Beale Heli S ESC to BlueJay, um, which is way easier to use, and you get neat little features, like you can do startup melodies on it and things, so you can select theme tunes from a nice little drop-down on the web interface and things, and it's, it's cute and easy to use and just works. So that's the general overview. So now I want to know the history of where Simon K came from, where the original BL Heli came from, <laughs> and when it became something else. Point we need out. to I'm find this out now. I thought, I thought you knew. You were, you were declaiming loudly that I was an idiot and, and didn't know that one shot was. Simon Kirby. Well, you didn't know what one shot was. I don't know what one shot is, but you, <laughs> you don't know, know what one shot bit. was because well, it's one shot one two five. <laughs> we moved away from PWM quite a long time before D shot came along. What about PPM? D-Shot was the first of the digital stuff. That's the receiver well, protocol, you dog. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what? Why one shot, carry? What is one shot? What's multi shot? What's pro shot? Multi shot was done by one those, shot, multi shot, oh, pro shot. Oh no. You're going to start fire. Jack on something. Jack's, oh, Jack's going to just oh, God, be going on for ages. Dirty. One shot ups, ups the amount of updates you could do per second exponentially from PWM, but then D-Shot upped it again even further and further. Mm. But when you went from PWM to one shot, it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then, of course, it just carried on progressing and you could get faster and faster. But it was, it was, it was a proper step up. But if you never... Yeah, you see, you never probably flew stomach on PWM. Go and make yourself a quarter yeah, on PWM. Brushed, see what happens. Got brushed, no, brushed, we want a brushless motor on PWM. PWM. See what happens. That'd be fun. Oh, that like will, I'll, oh I'll here's a man who knows. I'll post go. the link to this, but yeah, analog. You know, I now just explained that they were not going to uh, keep using PPM for their receivers, and apparently got a whole load of flack for people who apparently live in like. 2015 or something and, and want to their firmware to work forever yeah just put out people like the old receivers Pavel Pavel Zbikowski or know. the meerkat man as we call him I'm not allowed to say meerkat anymore why yeah. why because because it's the Russian oh yeah pa- Pavel has gone He's he's wiped me out in terms of thumbnails. He's gone and he's done himself a load in a green screen 
doing all this. Anyway, you shouldn't say Meerkat. Loads of different he's, things. He's Polish. He's not Russian, is he? Come on. That's yeah. just rude. But you don't the, the, the Meerkats, on Compare the Meerkats, are, in the world of those adverts, Russian. And therefore, yes. they're removing the Meerkats from the adverts. Oh, were they? I did not know that. They're gone, mate. Mm-hmm. That's why you shouldn't call Logan and Pavel a meerkat, apart from the fact that he's clearly not a meerkat. <laughs> yeah. It was a sad time, but, you know, the guy that put them down was, I think, at least humane and <laughs> other meerkats were taken out. They've been skinned now. Anyone got a nice little, little hat or something? I was just going to say, Pavel, we were talking about open source, and Pavel put out a video about how people were confused about how what it meant to support open source because he was he was mentioning the fact that um when people said we're supporting open source by using this flight controller that they're not supporting the developers and the developers don't get anything from it which i thought was interesting because it's like nobody gets into open source development to make money <laughs> and if people weren't using the product albeit from other companies making money out of it then the open source project wouldn't be popular and it kind of it would just sort of die without people actually using it is what i thought which is i just thought it was an interesting point of view it's kind of you need some sort of life coaching if you get into open source to make money <laughs> well exactly <laughs> well i said i said to him if, if you want to make money from open source then don't go into open source and license it and he said that wasn't the point the point was to say when people think they are supporting the project mm. by buying something they're not because we don't get any of the money but it's kind of like, yeah, but they are supporting it because if the products didn't mm-hmm. use the source code, then nobody would ever want yeah. to use it. And You've it's got to kind of what this, you mean by list, support. There's both direct monetary support to aid the product development, and then there's like mindshare for the project, right? Yes, and this is not direct money support, but it's like you can build something amazing, but if no one uses it, then what's the point? So people, do people support something by using it, even though there's no monetary feedback? Or anything well, what else. About Android. I don't like, support people that. support Android by using it, and it's got like total market strength. Yeah, or, or Tesla, or yeah. Yeah, you vote with your wallet at the end of the day what you want to see. But I agree, the developers do need some kickbacks, especially in a hobby that relies on supporting constantly evolving hardware, where they're expected to maybe buy a board here and there and buy some test equipment here and there. Then open source developers need to learn more about licensing agreements because just saying oh. it's all free, you can have it for nothing, doesn't work very well in terms of making money. Patreon's a, a nicer thing because it allows those that want to pay to pay oh. without nagging people who treat it as some kind of insult to their freedom that they're being asked to pay. If you Patreon's really a nicer thing. Get why, why isn't Curry Kitten Simulator uh, on sale and Steam? <laughs> Because it's only always super cheap. (laughs) It's as cheap as it can get. How much does it cost to open a Steam developer account, Curry? A hundred dollars. So you need a hundred people, and then it should be free. No more. (laughs) It's more. It's not getting. Well, yeah, because they they take thirty percent of any earnings. But after thirty people. After you earn a certain amount, they will give you. If you earn like over a thousand dollars, they give you that money back. So it's not all bad. But no, my my only point is like that. I I feel there's been 
some issues in some open source projects where you can't have it both ways. You can't say it's all open and then get all upset when people use it and don't pay you. But it's like um, Express LRS is a great example here because the Express LRS devs working their asses off to support all this hardware, which is just chucked together, they should have come up with something originally to say, here's a small fee, you pay this fee and we will authenticate your hardware to say this is ELRS certified. Because what they're getting is this shoddy hardware coming in they're having to write more stuff to fix the problems um, because not enough vendors have worked with them to make sure their stuff's right. And they're just like working, 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 working. Everybody else is is getting benefits from it except them. So they should have said like, okay, it's like every time you do a device, send us a device, pay us a small license fee, and we will certify that device for use with ExpressLRS. But they didn't. They wanted most, to, most, to just push their project as fast as they could. And to be fair, it worked yeah, I mean, in the it's sense worked. that everyone's making the kit, but there's a lot of bad kit out there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I do feel for those guys because everyone seems to blame them when some Chinese manufacturer chucks out a board without testing it. Yeah, yeah that's the problem, isn't it? It's like, it's not, oh, Beta FPV has released a, a lemon. It's like, why doesn't this Express, Express LRS stuff work? It comes back to them. Do do they do they worry about like like Trappy cutting the cutting them off with the like uh, you know Crossfire Protocol? Wow. He can't. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he can't. There's nothing he can do. They've literally taken the protocol as it's written in OpenTX and Betaflight and just written something that works with both those implementations. So. The only way that Trappy could stop that would be to break the implementation with OpenTX or Betaflight, which I don't think he's in a hurry to do, although he might be unintentionally doing that recently with the latest firmware revisions that seem to randomly fail safe. Mm. He did He did do it with Smart Audio, though, just to upset the um, unlicensed... Because it, it, it didn't open-source the protocol exactly... But he didn't sort of say you can't use it. So loads of people made their own VTXs, and then he made an update to Smart Audio, which broke a lot of the stuff that was already now, out there. But if you paid him a license fee, it it would work again. But now BetaFlight supports both versions, so it didn't really matter in the long run. Not in the long run. Short term, mm. everybody got upset about it. Yeah, sorry, Stephen. It seems like we're grilling you. Like, tell us. I don't feel like I'm being grilled. I'm fine. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Is that what it was? That I, I never knew that about the, you know, because obviously I'm a tramp boy over here. And, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I was doing a lot of stuff with AKK at the well, time. Usually, and Jack. it oh, literally okay. screwed all their boards up as, as, as soon as I think it was Smart Audio 2 came out. Because I, I was like, um, did, you not, did you not check this out then? And they're like, oh, well... We thought we had permission based on reading a web page <laughs> was the answer. We didn't ask anybody. We just did it. And then we, we got a bit upset when it didn't work. Yeah. They, they, I'm, waiting for, money. I'm waiting for Disney to like come after the uh, Iron Man. Um, like, uh, you know, the, the, the Iron Man Express LRS modules? Oh, uh, Happy Model? You think they yeah. give a flying... Fart about 
anyone's copyright ever. That's no happy model. A happy modeling over in China, and they couldn't care less. Yeah, hang on. I'm I'm looking for they're happy. I'm, I'm looking they are for happy. Speaking of China, uh, failsafe in the chat and in the Discord has put in the Discord a link to a tweet, the first tweet by the looks of it, or a tweet from 27 minutes ago. From Ooh, for the Tango 2. Saucy. For, um... Where'd it go? You hit it. You hit it, Frank. What? Oh, someone shared the screen and then hit it. It, it was me. a module for the Tango 2. No. Oh, no. 1080p OLED DJI goggles. Woo. Yeah, what what the, the tweet says from fpv.wtf is DJI Mini 3 and FPV Mini confirmed. New 1080p OLED goggles with Wi-Fi slash Bluetooth confirmed. New air unit very unlikely. No, sorry. New air unit very likely. No support for old air unit slash Vista on new goggles, sadly. <laughs> Wow, that typical. is so DJI. So typical. You better upgrade, everybody. Yeah, this is what they've Good done. Like, that. literally, the Mini Freeze coming out, and there was an update, like, probably a few days ago, a week ago, which has literally put the DJI Mini 2, it's just downgraded. It's just crap now in urban areas, which it was brilliant before, and everyone's moaning, like, you get a couple of hundred metres out in a Wi-Fi area where you can fly because it's under the limits of 250 um and it's just gone pants and or like this happens to phones and it's been proven that they do this they make it right. so you go for the next one and, and mads mm. recently uh pointed out that dgi are likely to release an update that blocks you from rooting your dgi goggles because it's uh, become apparent that the DJI goggles are running a, a hackable version of Android, and you can yeah, get access like to that and run. Someone's already running Doom on it, apparently. That's from Doom on the same guy who does who does FPV WTF. This is yeah. Same yeah, yeah. guy who did tweeted this. He's he's I've saw in his GitHub this Doom yep. on DJI. All thing. these conspiracy yep. theories coming true. What and so it, it turns out the latest version of firmware for the V2 goggles blocks all of that. If you're on the V1 goggles, you're okay. But if you update the V2 goggles, then you can't hack your uh, your goggles anymore to run code. It's why you should never Just, update anything. Do, 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 do people update Don't encourage that. Don't update. If it works, yeah. don't fix it. So I've said for the start. Do you need a feature that's in the update? No, don't update. Exactly. Do not do it. If it flies fine and it looks fine, do not bloody update. On anything, yeah. that works with absolutely anything. I'd say it specifically, it's applies to, <laughs> specifically applies to closed source stuff where, where you may not have a path to go backwards. OpenTX, EdgeTX, Betaflight, INAV, you can downgrade again. No question about it. Stuff like DJI, you don't know if you can downgrade once, once you run that upgrade. And the purpose of the latest updates apparently are just to do nothing but block downgrades. The, the updates to the latest air unit and goggles and FPV drone, they just stop you from downgrading. They don't add anything. You literally know when a new 
But when something new's it, coming out on DJI, they, they rubbish everything you've got, and then it's the same as Android though. I've had it's Android. It's a bit like um, when FreeSky tried fun. to get us to update to that uh, ACST yeah. version two by yeah. saying, yeah. "Oh, there's a there's a bug." In one, oh, and yeah, everybody's yeah. like, "That's weird." Yeah. We've been all using it for the last it's six years, fine. and it seems absolutely fine to us. <laughs> yeah. Now you want us to update, and but that stops D sixteen from working on any other receivers that aren't yours. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me while I drop this radio in the bin and get something with the multi protocol module. They're all <laughs> baskets, I tell you. Yep. Well, so, Sky are releasing Express LRS now as well, aren't they? Their latest thing. What's that? Oh yeah, they are. They gave. Well, we we had a while Frank was mm. off. We uh we had a picture up there where FR Sky are dropping Express LRS into their radios, having apparently given up on whatever hype war they were waging against their community. With their, oh, yes, but they're having a module with thing. with both, aren't they? The twin protocol. What's it? Yeah, which yeah. sounds odd. Yeah. Because you can. They didn't say it was multi-protocol. That's the weird thing. So maybe you have two receivers and one of them gets an update in four milliseconds <laughs> and then the FR Sky gets an update like 15 milliseconds after that with the same data, just to be sure. Yeah. It'd be like Minority Report. There'd be multiple ones and if they don't agree, there's there's like a little internal yeah. discussion goes on in the module about what which one are we going to believe? What Do you think you we should be yawing at fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred? Well, I'm not sure, but it definitely said fifteen hundred. I think you'll find it said sixteen hundred. <laughs> It'd be like <laughs> the internals of Red Dwarf or the scutters. Bitter. <laughs> More like when Holly loses his mind, but yeah. Yeah. True. Oh my god. Yeah, but surely if it was FreeSky making that, then the FreeSky module would win out every time. That's yeah. true. You know. This has been yeah. nice tonight. It's like we've literally been round a pub fire and talking and chatting. <laughs> no arguing about PWM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I like it. Nice. My robot vacuum cleaner, I've named Scutter. Oh, yeah, that's what I should name mine. I'm going to name mine <laughs> Scutter too. Can you pick up a little head a little... so they. A little head. Yeah. It's a little head. I need to empty Jack's the only person before. to be bullied by his robot vacuum cleaner. It locked him out. <laughs> I <was> shut <laughs> out of my. I know. <laughs> you say that. As I was, set, I, was, I was setting up this evening, I found out that mine had uh, chew, like grabbed my headphone. The, the end of my headphone lead because <laughs> as it was hanging over like the side of here it somehow grabbed it i thought it was a bit off the floor but obviously not far enough it grabbed it chewed it up and taken it on the other side of the room <laughs> yeah it's, it's always got mm. amazing abilities i was always trying to eat the usb-c that i use for the, i've got really long usb for plugging into flight controllers and when i use my radio for sims and stuff and it always tries mm. to eat that the little it's already started all this AI stuff, mate. <laughs> oh, shut up! You've got the the like government Pringle can in your house. Government Alexa. Pringle can. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. I have to expand um, on that one. Yeah, lights on, lights off. Turns your heating off when you Echo, come in. Turn the lights off. I thought you were talking about all those Bluetooth uh, rifle things, you know? Bluetooth guns where you could. <laughs> 
receive Bluetooth from miles away and snow. You know, yeah, and like Tony smart, smart Meter reckons he spends 30 quid of electricity every three days. 45? <laughs> That's one tomorrow. No way. Echo, bedroom light off. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, you, you've been listening to uh, Let's Show Now. We're going to do a bonus podcast next week. Um we'll make up for it if that's all right guys um what time should people tune into the bonus podcast next week jack what time should you tune into the main podcast (laughs) 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 so we will be on we will be on standard british time next week uh, starting at 8 p.m summer summer british summer time yeah yeah and and after approximately an hour of waffle, we'll take a break and then do a bonus pod. So probably starting about quarter past nine-ish, there will be a bonus pod, right? Yeah, and send us your own videos in the Discord and we will play them on the bonus podcast and review them. Is there and a theme to the, the videos? Or just anything? To Frank, think of the theme. Crashing. Fire. 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 Perfect. I can enter one to that. Yeah, I've got one for that. Fire. (laughs) Two. Where are they sticking them? Are they sticking them in the, uh, like, the, what is it, user videos channel? Or is there another channel you're going to make for this? No, stick them in there and we'll go through them. Nice. Fire. I've yeah, got to sign in again. Theme sire. Uh, anyway, you tonight you've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe, and share this. And if you tell one other person about this, we might get I don't know one thirty viewers. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this uh, and it's all been edited by Frank's lovely brother. Uh, who has probably fallen off their chair whilst editing this because Frank said a rude word. Um, He's had much worse. I know. Uh, Then don't forget, we are live on YouTube if you want to come say hello and also join our Patreon who who keeps this show alive. Um, If if it doesn't, then we're going to go Patreon only and that's the only way you'll ever see us live. Joshua Bardwell is one of our Patreons. Amen. No, he's not. I don't think so. He just scrolled across the frigging screen, you idiot. This this show is so crap. I know. He was. He's still still subscribed to Curry Kitten. He mentioned Curry Kitten last week. I quit. I don't know. Frank knows how to do that. I don't like this simulator because that's last time he mentioned me. No, he mentioned you. He uh, the the uh, HD stuff. Uh I haven't watched it. He is one of my patrons. I don't know why he dropped yeah. out of you guys. Oh, for f- sake! <laughs> I think he's forgotten though, so don't remind him. Just like just let jealous him take his five dollars out every no, every time. Watch the screen. There's All right, one of well, our the Frank, Frank's the only person who Martin knows how to do it. We've got to add some few Badger, people. Sam Dahmer, Please donate Lewis, to our Patreon. Stuart Thorne, Richard Moore, Miles, Stephen, 
David Powell. These are all their real Harris, names. <laughs> I don't Carlos know Campos, David Myers, Andy Anderson, names. Trevor Liddy, Tony Jobson, Fraser Steen, David Story, Lee Southworth, Clive, Peter Marshall, Art Faulkner, Wynne Davies, Adam Weston, Jeremiah Davis, Richard Warwick, Joshua Bardwell, Greg Spencer, I can confirm that as of the 1st of March 2022, Joshua Bardwell was very much still a patron. Can I just mention as well, I love the name Andy Anderson, and I think we ought to copy it. Jack can be Jack Jackson, Stephen Stephen Stevenson. I can be... I don't know what I can be. Do you think we need to add one, actually? Curry, 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 kitten, kitchen. And Frank, (laughs) Frank, Frank or Frankenton. Frank. (laughs) Tony, Tonyston. All right, no worries. You have been joined by everyone's favourite curry, kitchen, kitten. (laughs) Guy. Andrew, Frank or Frankenton. Aye. Stephen Stevens. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Stevenson. Wifey McWifeson. Whoobies. <laughs> and I've been Jack Wolf. Thank to see you, guys you. Good again. night. Cheers. Oh. Telemetry lost.